Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Hello, and welcome to this special bonus episode of This Spiritual Fix. Today, we're going to be talking about focusing on the flower and other ways that you can avoid toxic positivity and instead go to a healthy positivity. Enjoy. This Spiritual Fix, Two Mystical Mamas Hacking the Self-Help Game with Anna Stromquist and Christina Wilson. Hola, Anna. Hola, Christina. <laughs> I feel like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Mostly just because we're going to be talking about in our prelude today about alien technology. Yeah, so if you're new to the show... <laughs> You might think that we have completely lost our mind, but guess what? I don't care if you think that, because whatever. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me just put it out here. It's not going to be too much longer into the future that everyone is just going to take aliens, and by aliens I mean extraterrestrials. Or ultra-terrestrials, meaning ultra, yeah, they come from different dimensions. Yeah, beings as just normal. So until we get there, we are like... The Christopher Columbuses. Of- oh, let's not re- reference him. Who, um, uh, Magellan, or we'll say yeah. Magellan. Who was a good one who didn't? Per- just, okay. who, who didn't do genocide and rape? Let's start all over with that one. No, I kind of like it. I think it's good that we're correcting to say. Okay, that. Yeah, yeah, not Christopher Columbus because he was a fucking asshole. We are. I think Magellan. We are the Lois and Clarks. Yes, we're the Lewis and Clarks. Of discussing this. We're the Sacagaweas. Oh, Sacagawea was basically an ins- Wasn't that like human trafficking? I mean, was she really their wife? I, I, I don't know the details. I can't imagine that was a good, healthy relationship. I, I don't either, but <laughs> she deserves most of the credit for the Lewis and Clark expedition. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just... Uh... Is there not a single explorer that we can use that does not have a ton of shit associated with them? We are explorers pioneering... The new world of, hey, it's okay that there are aliens and they exist on the planet and they have technology available for us. Yeah. Why don't we just start by saying, what can we say here? There's a lot of quote unquote evidence out there of extraterrestrial life and there are extraterrestrials among us and you might know one without knowing it. And some of them have awesome technology available to you and we're going to just talk in our prelude today about one of those such technologies. Yep. So you want to start, Christina? Yeah. So should we na- should we name it or is it hit it? Because our this person, or I should say, not even this person, this alien that we know, 
Can we say that? Yeah, I think so. As long as we don't give specifics. We don't give any specifics. So we know of a, per- of a being who looks like a person who is an alien, who has this great technology. And but but we It's called VR7. Can we label it? Are we allowed to? What if we Google? Virtual Realm 7 is what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is this technology. We're not going to name who it's coming from, but it's an extraterrestrial friend of ours <laughs> who lives in Georgia. And that's as much as we're going to get to, hippo-wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, and so it it was, I think in the past we've talked about this, so if you haven't heard one of the past episodes about this, I'll tell you now, is that this person started off with this being started off with uh, a form of radionics. Um, And for those of you who don't know what radionics is, radionics is a system of basically, I've, I've made one of these machines back in the day when I was like really interested in this. They're basically machines that you make that you can calibrate people and you can use electrical signals and wiring to to get rid of disease in people's bodies. In the past, people have used it to get to treat insecticides in, in fields. Like there have been all sorts of uses for radionics. And when you get into the dousing territory, you get way deep into radionics. And I'm sure that most mainstream scientists and and even the research that I've done have has somewhat debunked some of this stuff. But he started off, this being started off creating a radionics machine that basically treated people um, with a higher frequency to allow them to release their stories. It, basically what it does is it takes it so that your energy system... It's a system, removal. Well, it's kind of... It, your energy, all the energy in our auric fields are, are, a lot of them are trapped in old stories, right? They're trapped in old stories, old emotional things, they're stuck emotions, things like that. And the, this VR7 technology frees up those stuck pieces in our aura so that we can reuse the energy. So basically it cleans that. It's an aura cleaning machine, as you can yeah, say. Yeah, aura cleaning. And so when he first started this out, it was an actual electrical machine that you plugged in. And then eventually he recognized that it actually just ran off of his intention. And so he unplugged the machines. Mm-hmm. And now you you get this technology and you go to a session at his place or it was before the pandemic or you mm-hmm. remotely receive it. And you can either receive it for an hour or you can receive it every night for seven days or 24 seven. There's all sorts of different options yeah. for that. So it was fascinating because when I was in the UK, I got my daughter to have this technology because she was having a lot of, I mean, she was having a lot of big emotions. She was having a lot of big feels and you could tell that they were kind of getting stuck in her system because both of us were going through quite a, a difficult time. And so I first got it for her and it was remarkable because after two or three days, like her tantrums went away. She was able to com- communicate with me in a very clear and, and normal way. Obviously the COVID was moving out of her system too. So that probably helped, but it was very validating for me. And then when I got it, I then went into this really dark period and I was like, I think I need some VR7 help. I communicated with the person who was the being who was in charge of it. And they were like, you are now in an optimal time period to get rid of a lot of your stuff, like to get rid of a lot of your karmic stuff. Fast forward, I finally get home. I'm still on the technology because it's a week long and I talked to my dowsing teacher. And so my dowsing teacher measures people's energy levels. So if, if you like haven't gotten any work done on you maybe and you're, you're like feeling really sick. Yeah, yeah, chronically sick, you're feeling you're not feeling good, stuff like that, you may resonate at a zero, right? And then if you have, I'd be dead, right? We would be no, 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 no. So be... many people are have zero. Really? Like, oh, so many people wow. have zero. Like, so many people, if they have uh, demons, entities, ghosts, if their brain is spinning the wrong way, if they're not on the proper frequency, if they if they don't have alignment with their spirit guides, there's just literally so many things which he's taught 
um, which I was releasing before and I've learned since to even do even more when I do a lot of releases on people. So I was talking to my dousing teacher and he was helping me kind of release some of the last things that I had with COVID and the de-stressing that I've been having to go through to, to finish the stress cycle that I had from that really stressor of COVID. And he tested me and he said, you're currently resident. So most people, even if you do really good clearings on them, like in the class that he did with us, just to context, he got us up to like 120,000. Like, and that was really good. Most people are around 20,000 if they're doing pretty well and everything's kind of going. The energy worker people are like at 120,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you're doing a bunch of clearings for people, you can really get their energy up high. Like you might even be able to get them up to like four or 500,000. He tested me at 1.7 million. And he said, you may be the highest resonating person on the earth right now because I've, he's like, I measured this one woman who I always do stuff and the highest she ever got was 2.6 million. But like, he's like, you may very well be the, the highest resonating person on the planet. And so I didn't say anything at the time, but he was like, well, you can do anything. If you're resonating at that level, you can literally do anything. You can literally release anything that you want because he does stuff like cleaning up water so that it actually tastes better, getting rid of toxicity in water. Like he's given he people- help with new... sex trafficking victims? Too? He does. He, talk... he helps with sex trafficking victims. So he was like, well, if you're resonating at that level, you can literally do anything. And it was only afterwards that I tested it. And I was like, is the VR7 causing me to resonate at 1.7 million? It's because you were hooked up to that. Yeah. Not funny. I think naturally I do resonate high, but that put it through the roof. I think that was great validation that it someone who didn't even know you were on VR7 was like, you're at 1.7 million. What's your experience with the VR7? Well, I'm getting it right now, actually. And last night I woke up buzzing with energy. Like, so I went to bed at like 9 or 10 or something. Yeah. At 1.30 I woke up and my whole body was just humming with energy. And it like was really hard to fall back asleep because I just felt like it's like your body vibrates. Yeah, it was vibrating, and it wasn't like when you have when you take espresso and it's a jittery thing. It was more like a, a hum, a peaceful hum everywhere. But it definitely woke me up. But my first encounter with VR seven, should I tell this story? Yeah. So, I went and saw this being, and I got VR seven at his place. And before I left, he kind of warned me. He's like, okay, I just want to warn you that like in your case or whatever, you might experience some power outages in your house, like maybe some electrical stuff. Like I was thinking he was meaning that like the microwave would go out or some lights would go out. Okay. So basically he prepared me before going home that that could happen because of what he had done to my electrical field. So I go home and I call Christina like 15 minutes after walking through the door. And while I'm on the phone with you, the whole power in my house went out. And I was like, oh my God, just like he said, like I had electrical issues, the whole house went out. And then it turned out it was not only my house, it was the whole street. And not only was it the whole street, it was one other street adjacent. And I went to onto Georgia Power and Georgia Power has a map and you can see where the power outages are. Mm -hmm. And in my whole entire suburb, this power outage only happened on my street and on the, the street adjacent. And not only that, it wasn't a stormy day. It wasn't a windy day. And I was on a group chat with neighbors and they were like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, it's not even windy. Like, why did this power go out? Because it was a significant power outage because it took 48 hours for Georgia Power to like get the power back on. Usually power outages just take, uh, in, well, in the place where we live in the United States, usually power outages last just like one to three hours max. This took 48 hours. It was like a very significant power outage. And to me, it was validation that this technology is working because what the hell? Yeah. Great. Well, cool. 
So what are we talking about today, Anna? Oh, and we're going to try to get him to be a guest on the show. We'll see if he will. We'll see if he will. He works for the Galactic Federation. He talked about that long before. Long was, before anybody was, came out publicly about it, we knew about yeah, the Galactic long Federation. Yeah, long before him. the Israeli guy, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Or the Canadian guy, or any of the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we don't open ourselves up to a lot of alien visitors now that we're discussing this on air. We don't want to meet you. If you're listening, we are happy with the one we know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to say Just if kidding. it's for the best and highest good of us to meet, to be more things, then... Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, I would say that if we get more visitors, then that's okay. I actually sometimes test because... One of the things that, that this being told me is that, like, oftentimes there are spaceships just sitting above your place. Your house? Uh, my house, my old house. Whenever I do this technology, they're always hanging out. I'm always checking. And there are, like, two above us, three above us right now. Really? Yeah. Are but, they invisible? Yeah, they're invisible. Are they in a different dimension? No, they're in this one. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Anna? It was a pregnant pause. I couldn't handle it. Just staying a pregnant pause. Because if you could only see the look I gave her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What are we talking about today, Anna? I just don't know why two ships would be like, that was probably the most controversial intro we've ever given. Is it? But is it? I think it was just a little bit mind bending. That's all. It's fine. Okay. Don't judge me. I'm from New Mexico. <laughs> land, land of Roswell. Land of Roswell. Land that holds Roswell in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Today we're talking about a topic called focus on the flower. I talked about this in the Krishna Das episode, but essentially I was visited by Krishna Das and Ram Das's guru, Neem Karoli Baba. He appeared in my bathroom, which apparently, according to Krishna Das, is like a thing he does, is he likes people in bathtubs. And the VR7 guy told me that it's probably because the bathtub has some sort of, you know, ceremonial rites and rituals associated with it historically of like, you know, baptism, whatever. And you're clean and you're vulnerable. Anyways, he showed up and he basically showed me the image of a flower and how flowers are worshipped by society and they're everywhere, like in art. It's like the flower is an archetype of beauty, but the flower can only grow from soil and he like made me like zoom in and see that soil on a microscopic level is like carcasses and bug shit and worm feces and human decay and dust and dead skin cells and just it's a bunch of junk and he was saying that look the flower and the soil it's not that the flower grows from the soil it's that the flower and the soil are a package deal that they are a pair and so even though I feel like a shitty person sometimes it doesn't mean I'm also not a flower Okay, so I got to see that like the, that it was like two contradictory truths could live as one. Like I could be a piece of shit and I can also be a flower at the same time. And since that, that visitation, I've thought a lot about what he showed me. And it's interesting because I think spiritual bypass is clipping the flower from the dirt and only seeing the flower. Yeah. And I think living a mindful life is saying that the flower and the shit are one. Yep. And then I think it's a step further, which is where are you going to focus your intention? Now, the power of awareness and where you focus your attention. So it's interesting because I remember the first time I had this realization, I had this kind of 
I was walking home from, and I, I think I may have told a portion of this story before, but I was walking home from, I used to work at a library um, on a night shift, and I was walking home and it was dark, and there was this really gross stairway that led to the parking deck that my car was in, and it always smelled like pee. And I remember thinking at that moment that attention, like if someone had been paying attention to this place, like it probably wouldn't smell like pee, but because nobody was paying attention to it, someone could come and pee and no one would have none, be none the wiser, if you know what I mean. And it kind of made me realize that there was this understanding that our world, like the insight that I was given was that our world is run on attention. It is our superpower as humans is where we put our attention. And the world that we don't pay attention to starts to decay naturally because it, it needs to be up, like whether it's because we need to pay attention to the fact that some, like a house is falling down and we then need to go and put physical energy into it and repair it, that is a form of intention, attention. And one of the things that you can read if you, if you read different areas, especially if you look in The Course in Miracles, things like that, our attention and where we're putting it is a superpower. And it may be the only thing in this Maya and this illusion that we are actually able to, to look at. So, so many Eastern traditions look at the same thing to say, okay, well, focus and mindfulness and where you put your mind's attention is very important for your spiritual path. Because if you're putting it somewhere that is destructive, then you are effectively putting your thought behind that. And so this is what the whole thing comes from is that thought always precedes action. This is what my dowsing teacher talks about all the time. This is what the Silva mind control thing talks about all the time. Thought always precedes action. And our thoughts are largely governed by where we are putting our attention, whether or not we're paying attention to our thoughts, whether or not we're paying attention to something else. So if thought precedes action, then attention precedes thought. Therefore, you need to be very aware of where you are putting your attention because ultimately your attention is what leads to the action in the world. I have a couple of things I wanna talk about that. One is that a guru that we know would always say, you can't change anything you can only change where you put your awareness yeah. that like it's kind of a a, a done deal or can you yeah because you're not the doer of action so the idea is that if there's a play going on the play has already been directed it's already i mean it's not even a play because you would assume that live theater can change in the moment but the idea is that if there's a movie that's already been played going on and there's all sorts of drama going on in this movie. Maybe it's a three-dimensional, maybe it's a virtual reality, three-dimensional movie that you are sitting in. You can turn around in any direction and look at any different conflict that you can see. You can see war, you can see famine, you can see whatever, or you can turn around and look at the love story, right? right. Like you can look wherever you want in this panorama of reality and where you choose to see your attention. If you only see the love story, then your world becomes the love story. If you only see the war and the famine, then your world becomes the war and the famine. It's not about saying the war and the famine don't exist because they do, but it's just saying, where are you gonna put your attention in this panorama? I have a couple quotes I wanna read that kind of reiterate this. This one comes from the Dhammapada, which is the teaching of the Buddha. Our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Suffering follows an evil thought as the wheels of a cart follow the oxen that draws it. Our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Joy follows a pure thought like a shadow that never leaves. 
And then this is a great quote, and I had recited it in another episode, but I'm going to do it again because it's so powerful. Pay no attention to the thoughts that bother you. Don't fight them. Just do nothing about them. Let them be. Whatever they are, your very fighting them gives them life. Just disregard. Look through. That's Nisargadatta Maharaj, author of I Am That, or I should say Focus of I Am That. But the idea here being that, well, should I just go into my, do you want to go into the kaleidoscope idea and I'll go into the, that insight I have? Yeah. Or keep going into this more? No, I can, I mean, and I use the panorama thing, but the, you can use the kaleidoscope too, right? Like the idea is that like, if you're looking at the world for through a kaleidoscope, and this is something that Robbie talks about in, her, in our episode with her. So this is her analogy. The, our shaman. Our shaman. Yes. Thank you. There's a kaleidoscope that you're looking through. And if you guys have looked through a kaleidoscope anytime recently, you'll know that when you look through it, you get a certain level of color, you get a certain level of anything that you want. And as soon as you click the kaleidoscope over, the change in the image completely shifts. And the idea is that, you know, sometimes we're looking at the world as if it is being done to us. And sometimes the mere shift of our attention to saying, I'm actually not going to look at the kaleidoscope this way. I'm actually going to just going to go click. And all of a sudden, okay, actually the world is for me. That's an example of a kaleidoscope shift that is monumental because right. you're able to see the world in a completely different way. It's all medicine. It's all food for you. And you hired every single one of these actors as opposed to this world is being done to me. I am made to suffer because the world is the way that it is. So being able to do a slight kaleidoscope shift, sometimes it's a word in a sentence or an affirmation right? Like sometimes it's just those little tiny things that can shift your attention that can completely change everything. Like our attention is so very powerful and where we direct it is so important that even just this tiniest shift in it can make a massive, it can make a massive difference to who we are as people. And I had a great insight, which I wanted to share, which was the inspiration for this whole episode really was I was doing the Silva mind control course and I was in a deep meditation and I was asking myself the question, how to let go of resistance to love? Because I've been working, I call it my Ram Das work. I've been working really hard on living from the heart, living, living with an open heart, feeling everything. The question I have for myself is, how do I let go of resistance? Like, how do I let go of the things that are keeping me from experiencing the love of the divine at all times? Like, how do I let go of whatever's keeping me from being that constant river of love because I do believe that people like you know Sai Baba and Neem Karoli Baba and Amaji Jesus Christ are people out there that can embody love all of the time what is keeping me from being like that it's resistance right so in my meditation what I saw was that I keep saying how do I let go of resistance how do I let go of resistance and I realized that resistance is not something unto itself like energy exists you cannot create or destroy energy. You can only change its form. And in this situation, resistance is not, it doesn't need to change its form. It needs to change its direction, right? Because what is resistance? Resistance is energy pushing against something. And so how do you let go of resistance then? Is you simply click change its direction. And how do you change its direction? By shifting your awareness. So instead of saying, how do I let go of my resistance to love? I simply have to just focus on love. And then all these little internal dials inside me, all my little atoms and energy, it's like they go click, like a little compass or a clock changing its angle. 
And then it all, my awareness, as I put it into love, everything starts to direct itself towards love. So instead of focusing on asking the question, how do I let go of resistance? I'm, I'm feeding, I'm feeding that, that belief or I'm feeding that directional path of resistance when I do that. Mm. So instead if I just say, I'm going to turn towards love, that's how I let go of resistance because I'm shifting my dial. I'm, I'm, I'm making all those little, those little atoms and energies just now travel where I want them to go. And so I've been doing it a lot lately, which is if I want an outcome, instead of thinking of all the ways that the outcome could go wrong, which is how I usually do it, I'm just focusing on the outcome I want, which is very in line with the whole law of attraction thing. But when you see that everything is actually just a question of flowing energy or resistance, and resistance is a directional thing, it's not evil, it's not dark, it's not bad, it's all just, there's just flow and resistance is basically what energy is that I can change the course of my entire life by my awareness, by simply changing the direction of where I'm putting my attention. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it was interesting because after this most recent VR7, the being and I were talking and he introduced me to the concept of the manufactured personality. I talk about this and I don't use that terminology in the mother wound episode, but in the mother wound episode, I used it as um, the example of basically the quilt of trauma and maladaptive behaviors that I had basically put around myself to protect myself, something I'd put on myself a very long time ago. He used it in the context of people who perform spiritual bypass, like especially teachers, gurus, you know, people who are not necessarily acting from their heart. They create a persona of everything's great. I don't need any help with anything. Everything is perfect. People are starting to see through that more and more. He talks continually about how we are in a time that is vastly unique because things are moving so much faster than they ever have before. 50 years ago, you could never have done the learning and the progress, so to speak. It's a fallacy to say a progress, but it's a false economy effectively. But it is the guardrails are off of our learning. We can go anywhere and do anything and do it extremely fast. And we are learning so much faster. We are in a completely unique time. And you may have heard that for years, but it is definitely more so than anything. And you can take my word for it or not, but I can definitely attest to the fact that even 10 years ago, it was a completely different ball game. The, the, the guardrails are off. Like after 2012, you know, one of the things that Robbie R. Shaman talks about is that in 2012, time changed. Time used to be absolute and, and connected with every other person. And after the 2012, December 21st, 2012, time became an individual understanding, right? So your time may be completely different than somebody else's time. And that's what we're seeing all around. That's so, what a lot of women are seeing during sex. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this being was talking to me about how things have changed so much and how when people have manufactured personalities they are going to feel backlash like they may have never felt before. If you are sitting in your inauthentic self, which I'll explain here in a second, if you're sitting in your inauthentic self, people can see through it. They can see through the arrogance. They can see through the fakeness and they're able to see it and it makes them angry and they don't want to associate with it. Like that can be the backlash. And that's something that I've definitely seen when I've put on my manufactured personality, which is like my trauma, my Joseph's, Christina's Technicolor dream coat of trauma. That's what it keeps coming into. But you know, 
when it comes down to your authentic self, the thing is, is that our authentic selves, and this is the way that he describes it, our authentic selves are relaxed. Our auras are open and large. You know, there are, there's, there's bits of shadow. There's bits of unprocessed energy that's stuck in our aura, but we are still open and in our bodies completely. That's one of the things that I've learned from him more than anything is that I have been afraid to be in my body for years, for as long as I can remember. And the more I can just relax and trust my body, the more all these systems come online to help me. Tools that I didn't even know existed have come in to help me. And, you know, and it's important in this time to recognize that, like, by being our authentic self and not being this manufactured, you know, part of ourselves by really trusting and being vulnerable, we are able to come more into our full power and more into the place where we're ready to learn. So when it comes to it, though, in this conversation where it came down to was I was like, yeah, I have a manufactured personality, but I didn't create it out of malice. I created it out of necessity. I created it because I needed to survive. And that is what I knew to survive. So if someone gets mad at me, or hates me because of my manufactured personality. I'm like, that doesn't seem fair. He's like, yeah, but your responsibility at this point in your life is to do something about it. You're an adult who's on a spiritual path. You can do something about it. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I need to dismantle it. He was like, no, no, no. It's not about dismantling your manufactured personality. There's nothing to dismantle. You just move your attention away from it. Awesome. I have a great quote about that from yeah. Osho. Yeah. Osho says, this has to be understood very deeply. The more you fight, the more you will be there. So he talk, He calls it ego. You're going to call it manufactured personality. It's essentially the same thing. So I'm going to read this. People come to me and ask, how do I drop the ego? I tell them, who will drop it? If you try to drop it, you will be the ego. And someday you will claim, I've dropped the ego. And who is this claimer? Who is claiming it? This is the ego. And the most subtle ego always tries to pretend to be egolessness. I also only know one miracle, to let nature have its course, to allow it, whatsoever is happening. Don't interfere. Don't come in the way. Suddenly you will disappear. You cannot be there without resistance, fight, aggression, violence. Ego exists through resistance. This has to be understood very deeply. The more you fight, the more you will be there. That's beautiful. The ego is resistance. Yeah. You want to drop the ego? That's, you're just making more of it. Yeah. And the ego wants you to try and dismantle it. It's just another game that creates more resistance. Did you enjoy this episode? Can you make sure to leave us a review on iTunes? We would really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. And remember, humility Gratitude, acceptance, done. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. 
This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.